one. Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Off the Script podcast. Um, Jermaine is absent in this one, but me and Jack Thorburn are running the show, and we are joined by uh, Greg, um, one of Andy's clients. Um, he is about 48 hours out from his show. Um, that's Greg Taylor, um, Titan on Instagram. Um, you guys probably know who he is. If, if you enjoyed the podcast with Andy, it's going to be a great insight into uh, what's been happening, and then we'll finish off with the usual fucking nonsense that we do on this podcast anyway so it's a pleasure to have you on um great especially so close to the show um but yeah man uh, how's things currently good man good um thank you anybody who's in prep in the last weeks to question themselves to doubt a lot of things they're constantly thinking about what they could be doing or what they're not doing and just the usual thoughts but yeah i'm pretty confident i'm pretty um happy with the way things have came together um just really need to tighten it up and bring the best package on the day. So you, you mentioned sort of like the self-doubt aspect to it. Obviously, you work with Andy now. Um, did you work with him last year when you competed or is it just is this your first year? Last year, yeah, Andy was my prep again for, um, I was my coach for my prep for my Scottish PCA and the UK PCA. Um, before that, I've never had a coach, but I mean, Andy's been my best friend for like, uh, six years or more he was uh, the best man at my wedding so we're pretty close and uh, we know each other inside now so if anybody knows my body it's him um, so he, I couldn't ask for anybody else to really do my prep and be more confident with um, I've done all my off season myself so when I left the UK PCA last year I've just ran a 10 month off season myself um, and then Andy's took the reins for the prep again with Obviously, we're, we're both really keen to sort of find out about um, how your prep's been with Andy and stuff. But obviously, he's just started with, well, he's a few months into working with Patrick Tor now. Has, without giving away too much information, has he implemented any, do you think he's implemented anything he's learned from Patrick within um, your sort of diet? And Because does he do your programming as well in terms of training or is it just more diet? Uh. No, my training's always been myself. Andy knows how hard I train. And obviously, we've uh, done our YouTube series together and we've trained many times throughout the years. And he's seen my videos. I know what he's like in the gym. We're both very similar in how hard and uh, the intensity we train at. So he's never wanted to really take the reins of my training. Um, he always knows what I put in the gym. Like, I'll never leave anything in the gym. I'll always give it 110. Um, so it's I've always done my training myself. It's just really been the nutrition side of things. I want to take the ease off. In prep and just let him take the reins there. Yeah, I think I think when when you have confidence in a client that they are giving it 100% in the gym, if you've seen them in the gym, which Andy has with himself and he's trained to do, I think you can sort of hand the reins over because obviously you're a personal trainer as well. You coach people as well. You know, you know how to program in terms of like your exercises. So I think it's almost not needed. Um, but then, like you said, yeah, the nutrition side of it. Yeah. Often nutrition's more the fact that you doubt things and you you, you yeah, change exactly. because you overthink it. Whereas with training with a lot of us, we we know it and we can stay a lot more objective to it and just crack on with it. Whereas yeah. I think we're all guilty of potentially overcomplicating or dwelling on things when it comes to dieting. Yeah, um, but to add on to that, I think uh, well, me and Andy do have a lot of similar views on our training methods, and we've both. Uh, 
went down similar paths. Um, throughout the 10-month off-season, I went with more like the low-volume Dorian Yates-style intensity, like one to two working sets max with like a, a deload set. And it did work very well. But I think we're both at the point now where we're really pushing the numbers quite high and it's getting the risk factor, getting the reward out of it as well. And it's yeah. Yeah. So I've kind of incorporated a lot of the SST-style stuff to my training now. Um, and it's something that I've always I used to do something similar before before I started doing the low volume so I always did enjoy it but I thought this year I really want to pack on the density and the size and the thickness so I went for the lower volume and it worked but I think going forward I would incorporate a bit of both throughout next year um, and see where that goes but um, yeah it's it's a totally different style of training and it's a different way a different kind of effect you're getting throughout the muscles like if when you do your first yeah. SST training you'll be sore for the next few days it's just totally different to low, low volume training yeah. it's like even even in the past six weeks me me and Jermaine because obviously we, we train together quite a lot um mm. just adding in like a cluster set on leg press so yeah. maybe doing eight with a five second five breaths eight again yeah. and then reaching failure four different times is a different yeah. kind of intensity it's fine yeah. moving you know, 20, like 11 plates a side on a leg press or, you know, five and a half squat. But if you drop that down and then have a, a, you, you're fresh every, like, in between this, in between that one yeah. set. The density so, of the set, yeah, it's different yeah. altogether. Yeah, it's, it's like you're getting more out of the weight, if you, but, like, in the same set. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's great in that aspect of things. But, I mean, like, for me, I do love moving heavy weight for, like, low, like low numbers. Nothing more, there's nothing more satisfying than going all out on a hack squat or a deadlift or something like that, which I'll still want to try and do. But like, yeah. I believe this training in the proper setup will give you a whole new look to yourself. 100%. It's voluminous, isn't it? You can see it across a lot of Patrick's uh, clients as well, because obviously he... It's the roundness you get. Uh, yeah, especially for um, for white guys as well, because it's very rare you see like a very full voluminous uh, yeah. you know, white yeah. uh, bodybuilder. We, we talked about that in, when we had, uh, we had Simon Brooker on, who's James Hollingshead, one of his partners, one of mm-hmm. his training partners. Um, and he's always done like a higher volume um, sort of training. So maybe three yeah. set, three working sets. Um, and yeah, he, he's got a different look to his muscle than James does. Um, yeah. And they've com- sort of combined the two. This was prior to mm-hmm. James working with Patrick as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, and it added to the argument I had over Instagram a couple of weeks ago was, you know, weight is not the the main driver for hypertrophy, you know, it's different forms of intensity and yeah. things like that. Um, and yourself and Andy are two great examples of that because you, both your physiques have, you know, come a long way since adopting this different style of training too. Yeah. So. I think, again, it's um, also how you use the weight. Anybody, yeah. I mean, you could be strong as in like powerlifter strong and like those guys' main focus is to get from A to B in like the quickest fashion or the best fashion they can see possible. It's not about putting the load to the correct muscle or executing it in the most perfect way for muscle growth, whereas we are. So a lot of like bodybuilders get that mixed up. When you see a lot of guys deadlifting, like maybe six plates aside, their form's not there. So they're not like keeping their erectors tight while using like a lot of back muscle. They're just really pulling that weight off the floor. So we a lot of glute, a lot of legs. They're trying to get up in any means fashion. And when they lift it, they think, yeah, fuck yeah, that's made a lot of difference. Whereas they're not executed correctly, trying to stimulate the muscle in the best way for optimal growth. So it's like using that in any exercise. So if you can use a heavy weight correctly, I mean, that's what 
JP really like pushes his clients to try to do like execution with a heavy weight. And if you can do that, you will grow. So a lot of people miss that out when they try and put the logbook numbers up. They're not executing it correctly. So you, you mentioned sort of that you're a big fan of, um, well, that you were a big fan of heavy lifting. Um, what are some of the sort of lifts that you're most proud of in terms of what you've done previously? Maybe not that conducive to bodybuilding, but I know you're, you're a big squatter as well. So what are the sort of numbers you were looking at previously before you looked at a bit more of a higher volume approach? Uh, I've done a safety bar squat for 300 for four. Um, I think the hack squat we used to have in our old gym, I had uh, 300 on that for six. And it was like almost a vertical hack squat. Um, Try to think. I've done a front squat with 240. What did that feel like on the shoulders? You know what? It doesn't hurt me for some reason. I can get this set so well along the top of my what, chest on the pelvis. What grip, what grip do you use for that? Do you just balance? Just a crossover. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I won't do the, the like the powerlifting or Olympic lift where I just cross it over and I'll just like lift my chest up and hold it like that. But the only thing when you get to that weight is the weight crushing down on your chest. Yeah. Um, so the hardest thing for me was breathing. So when you pick it up, you're instantly winded. So when you get down, there's nothing there. You've got to really kind of hold everything super tight and be mega quick at doing it. Like I can do 220, like no problem, but that extra 20 kilo on the bar just killed me. That's yeah. sort of testament to your lower back strength as well, though, because it's very challenging to the erectors and stuff as well, sort of holding that weight. Well, for some strange reason, front squats is a movement that's so easy for me. Well, some people struggle. I remember the first time I ever done front squats. I think uh, I'd done like 160 for six. Oh, it was just such an easy movement. It felt so smooth. There was no issue picking it up. There's no issue going up and down. I didn't have any posterior like pain, anything. It was just an easy move, whereas I can't back squat. Right. Are you, are you a very knee dominant squatter in terms of like if you were to squat down, does a lot of the movement come through the knee as opposed to the hip? All comes through my glute. Okay, so you are still hip, right? Yeah. So I'm just trying to work out because, like, it would be easier for you to front squat if you were a knee squatter, but if you're not, like, oh, very, I would say very gluty for um, most of my squats. I'll sit quite far back in my squats and no problem at all. That's the thing, the squat, like the uh, free bar squat has sort of become like a, I don't say hated movement currently, but, you know, people seem to like, not, well, they're just shitting on a lot of freeway movements. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always put it down to, if, if you're able to do the movement with zero like discomfort or, or joint pain or, or any kind of uh, tendon issues or anything, because a lot yeah. of bad squat form comes from ankle mobility, right? Yeah. Um, so I think if, if you can do them, you know, you're going to get very good results using them. Yeah. Um, I mean, my flexibility um, is great in my knees, especially yeah. my ankles as well. And um, the only thing I can't do is I can't get my hands back far enough to back squat. It's the shoulders, isn't it? Yeah. My shoulders and my forearms just like touch the inside of my bicep and I just can't. It's just so uncomfortable. See, I used to be able to do it, but it was at the point where I wasn't as big and it used to fry my wrists and my forearms and just get cramped throughout the set. 
as a thing. It's, when I used to be able to do it, it was just all glue. I couldn't feel my quad through the movement, so I was like, there's no point in me doing this. But when I went over the front squat, it was all quad. And then I need to lay off the arm training. <laughs> yeah. But then the safety bar squat is a really good movement for me. That's a movement I feel like throughout the whole leg. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially when everything's been closed. Um, you know, I've been using a barbell, but we didn't have enough plates really, so I was using kettlebells. So a lot of the yeah. weight was further down the back, and I just I just felt it a lot more in my legs. So mm. I'm actually programmed in safety bar squats and as one rotation, and the hack squats on the other one. Um, well, that was all I could do in uh, lockdown was a uh, squat on the Swift machine, but I used yeah. to put straps on the bar and hold it like that, and I'd flick the bar and hold it with the straps, and it was a great movement because you could position your feet wherever you wanted, and you could hit it so well to the quad. Um, so I did that movement for like five months, and it was it's worked. Obviously, my legs have been pretty good throughout this whole prep, and they're, and they're not lagging in any way. Definitely not that uh, side hamstring shot you put up earlier today. Speaks yeah. wonders, you know? Yeah. Okay, so... You mentioned, we obviously mentioned your competitive season last year. Um, obviously, you're very close to the show now. In terms of weight, I know it's not really always relevant, but how much weight have you put on since show last year? Um, I think at the Scottish, I was 104.5. Um, and this morning, I was just under 110. Cool. That's a hefty gain in such a short sort of period of time. Yeah, about ten, about, about ten months. I've also been dieting for like since end of January, so it's oh. not like I've. Uh, so it was really from about May till January. I had a really good run at it, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't see me coming down much lower than 109. I could be totally wrong, but um, I, I think I should be about 109 on stage, if not more. What does a what does a sort of off season look like for yourself um, in terms of food? Are you someone that has to push food quite high, or yeah, my metabolic rate is quite quick. I mean, like even now, like I said, um, I'm probably just under about seven hundred grams of carbs in a day. I've been pushing that since Saturday, and I'm not filled out yet, so I'm still like trying to push that food to fill out. Um, but I mean, like when I went off the show last time, I rebounded quite quick, and like obviously I got a lot of my rebound for show. But my calories were up to like six, seven, like no problem at all. Um, obviously, for anybody, it gets to that point you're really struggling to push the food down. Um, but yeah, I have to eat quite a lot of food to keep the the gains coming. Really, has it always been that way since you started? Or I've always had quite a quick um, metabolism for sure. Yeah. But I would say my body processes crap food pretty well, like okay. sugars, your burgers, your pizzas, it processes it really well. Um, like even through through prep, like Andy's given me like refeeds every so often. It's been like a five guys and stuff of like large fries and that. And I'd literally wake up like half a pound heavier max. <laughs> there was times I was having like dominoes in the prep and I'd wake up the, the same weight. Okay. So it's like it does process stuff quite quite well. Yeah, for sure. It def- definitely seems that way anyway. Um, yeah. In the off season, so you, you're pushing six thousand calories. Is it a eight like a eighty twenty split in terms of good food to uh, say cheap food or or we push um, I guess the point obviously you get really bored of food. Um, yeah. Well, you don't really want to even have a cheat meal. You're trying to force so much food down throughout the day. Um, so I'd probably just have to try like one 
at the weekends with the family. We'd have like a movie night, we'd order pizza, we'd get burgers or something like that. But um, no, I mean, my diet was pretty clean. I would have like cookies and stuff like every day, maybe like uh, pre, like pre, pre-workout. Something like that, or a muffin, nothing like massively. But I mean, my diet was still like 90, 95% clean throughout the day. Definitely. I'm just trying to find like, when I was on myself, I was doing like new ways to make the food a little bit more interesting. Like sometimes I'd have like mince with pasta with a little bit of sauce, or then I would just have like chicken and rice the next week. And I was like, obviously the macros were very similar. Just trying to make things so like my palate didn't get really bored and I didn't want to eat. Yeah, Jacks. I think you're the king of repetitive eating. I think. Yeah, but like, I'm I'm similar to yourself there, though, Greg. That in terms of once you get to a state, like I wasn't at six thousand; I was at four and a half. But I would like add like pop tarts in pre-workout, similar to like the muffins and stuff. Because when you're at that stage, realistically, you're not going to be adding more. You don't want to be adding more oats in or more rice in. So just little things no. like that to help. Um, were were they sort of the first things that came out of the diet then when you went into yeah yeah me and Andy are very similar in that way with my diet clients it's like we do like to have a little bit of like bad food in the plan or like a little bit easy food to take out so like just this other day we had uh, quite a bit of jam in my first meal we're pushing that and we didn't seem to see need of it so we took out the 50 grams of jam that's obviously quite a bit of jam there's a lot of things like that but I mean like when I was coming into the start my prep Andy just said just cut out the junk of your one one cheat meal a week and the diet stayed exactly the same nothing changed from that and I literally like dropped like two kilos in my first week oh, so wow. it shows you really like how much like crap really like holds water in your body you don't think it is you have like a little bit here and there but it really does like make a difference when you just clean up your diet I say that to clients like straight away or even if somebody asks me for advice They'll say, like, what's the best way to diet? I'm like, just cut some crap out your diet, and I bet you'll lose weight in the first week. You don't need to go, like, drastic and, like, get bored of having salads or your chicken. I was like, just cut the crap out a little bit, and you'll be fine. You'll last Like, If you've got a lot of food in there, the, the easiest way to, um, you know, keep keep on the routine, keep on the diet, is get rid of, like, one thing at a time. You know, you don't yeah. want to go from blasting 6,000 calories down to eating fish and rice and veg five times a day um that's a mistake that you still do see you know a lot of pts and nutritionists like put that out there so you're having people go from one extreme to the other and then that's that's really go wrong and that's why people fall off their diets and stuff easy i mean i try and make whatever people are having in their day like almost exactly the same so their their day doesn't change much i'll just cut a bit of crap and they'll notice results like straight away it's just easy so you've been you said you've been dieting since what was it? End of January, early February. Yeah, yeah. So Not like hard dieting. We've had yeah, like ups and downs just with shows being cancelled, and it's like, yeah. like I just wanted to hold on. I I said to Andy, I was like, I'll diet till two thousand twenty-one if I have to. Did during that period, did you ever take sort of like diet breaks, or did you have to bring stuff back up? Because I presume yeah. you thought you thought you were going to be competing a lot sooner than you are. Mm. Um, so were, were there periods of time that you had to sort of take off the diet well stay on the diet but somewhat raise it back up yeah there was that de- yeah I mean it was just boosting the, the, the same foods but boosting the calories back up it was just um, I mean there was one show we were doing the first show was June that got cancelled then one got moved to the end of August that was going to be the British final and then that one got cancelled so we're pretty much like 
six or eight weeks out for that and then it got moved to the one that's this weekend and that was a good maybe f- five or six week difference so Andy was like right we're going to push the food we're in uh, we're in really good condition now we're going to push the food up for at least four for like four weeks try to get a touch of a rebound out of it get your body fresh and we'll die it down again so it was like little bits and pieces here and there throughout the year to keep doing that I bet your condition didn't even change during that time did it what's that I bet your condition didn't even change during that time. No, I just got a lot, like, really much fuller. I was just, like, bursting a lot of the time. My condition was quite similar, but, I mean, I think I went up maybe, like, one and a half, two kilo. You never know. You may, you may have even, like, gained a little bit of a rebound during that time, to be honest. Well, that's, that was the aim. We really tried to push a little bit of a rebound. And, like, I when I get something like that, to me, it's like, right, go bust your ass in the gym, go lift some heavy shit or, like, really push it and get the most out of this. It's like, don't like, don't waste it. So it's like something like that because your body's going to be so responsive at that point because it's not like it's starving, but, like, it, when you give it more and it's needing it, it's like, it'll be so responsive. That's why I try and almost, like, enforce rebounds after a show because I know right now, like, the way my body's going through food into this week, it's going to be so responsive, like, the weeks after just because it's, like, needing food. So that's why I tried to lose a thousand grams of carbs. Like, I want to say I could, no problem at all. I actually weighed my rice um, in like my meals throughout the day, and like when it's cooked, it's about 380 grams. I'm having in a meal. Okay, Jesus. And it's like literally having it in like two minutes. It's like no problem at all. And I'm like hungry an hour later. It's like hoovering it up off the plate. <laughs> like you wouldn't believe it. Like I took, um, well, I've had, I got five meals, and I had to take a photo, uh, photos for Andy just to see how I was filling out. And I was like a full vacuum right on my stomach. I was like not even holding like any bloating or anything. My body's just like going through it. So in terms of, because you're known for getting in pretty good condition, very good condition. Um, in this prep now, what's the sort of lowest sort of food you've been on and the sort of cardio and expenditure you've been doing at the time? Um Cardio was maxed uh, 45 minutes and an hour on rest days, but that was only the last two weeks before we started loading up now. And the lowest I think my food, my carbs went was in between 150 and 200. And that I was dying, like really dying. That's mega, mega low for me. What were fats during that time? Uh, I'm not actually 100% sure. Probably like 70, 80. Yeah. Were, there, were there any like added fats in the diet? Yeah, there's like uh, peanut butter. There's olive oil in my meals. Um, well, fair play to you, dieting with olive oil in your meal. I couldn't do that. There's like liquid calories, isn't it? So you don't, you don't do you know enjoy what? it. <laughs> do you know what? I actually um, asked for that. I actually asked for that because I was actually having cheese on my meals. And I was like, do you know what? Can I have olive oil? I just want to make it as clean as possible and like as little yeah. food as possible. I want, I want to suffer. I love suffering. I don't know why. I'm just <laughs> weird like that. <laughs> see, see, see if I'm not suffering. It's, it's just not happening for me. And I, I need to suffer. Yeah. I need to know shit's happening. Yeah, you got to. I started to do that, and like I was on the low carbs. I see my, my skull come in, like cheekbone showing. There's lines coming in my eyes. I'm like, fuck yes, yeah, is it? I know, like stuff, stuff's going to happen. I think that so, mentality is missing across the board now. You know, yeah. you go back to I don't know, you know, say it again, but like you go back twenty. 25 years to the sport everyone's coming in with that sunken face you know everyone's pushing the yeah. boundaries and thinking you know what fuck it let's do it now it's it's you know it's, i don't want to say that that's come a bit redundant 
but that, that mindset of, of all or nothing seems to be gone because everyone's focusing on the little details and it's yeah. something I've done because I had to take a break for health reasons um, last year. Um, so once I've come back, everything's been simplified. It's like, just follow the plan. Just do that. You know, you know what, you know what the result you want is at the end of the day. You know, you don't have to worry about all the, the little tiny bullshit things. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, like I know I've, I've dieted hard and I, I've never seen like muscle wastage. I mean, my weight keeps going up. So like for me, like I don't see it being a problem with me. Some people may, but I just think like for me, it's not going to be a problem with how hard I can train and the numbers I can push. I mean, like even when I was on that 150 grams, I was dying. I think I inclined Smith machine press like 160 for six reps. <laughs> it was like, no, it was like quite, and it wasn't an easy set, but it was a very smooth, clean, like clean, clean set with no spot. Like That's my, strength just stays, my strength just stays there. It doesn't seem to go down my, my mentality in the gym. Like even dieting, I can still get stuff done. It's not going to affect me in that way. Like even my squats, I was still doing like 220 on the Smith for sets of six to seven. You can do the 220 on the Smith, but then you're back home in the kitchen picking up a Tesco bag and you feel not good. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's like stuff like that. It's just like when people say they really struggle to perform in the gym in the last weeks of prep. I just think it's a men- it's a mental thing. It's it's not if you seem to think the food's like letting you like die, then you're just like letting you let it beat you because your mentality should be really going to, into fuck that set up like without an issue, no matter how tired and drained you are. Hundred mm, percent. For this weekend, what is the goal with the show for yourself? Pro card. 100%. It's always been the goal. Um, if, you're not, if you're in the bodybuilding, your goal is not to be an IFBB pro, then you should just stop what you're doing. Um, this has obviously been the end goal for everybody for years in bodybuilding, but I mean, the amount of people that have told me and said I can do it, my physique's different, I've got a very aesthetic look with a lot of mass and wide, I've got body parts that like just shine on stage, like my glutes, my hamstrings, my legs, um, my small waist, Everybody said that I could quite easily achieve it. There's people saying, that, like, if I don't win, they're going to be really shocked. I mean, it is very, very nice to hear. It's a massive boost. But, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I know there's going to be a lot. I mean, I know the guys that are going, and some of them are very, very good. A lot of guys have been chasing, like, the pro cars for, like, five, six, seven years. Yeah. So, they are very good. They're very seasoned. Um, but, I mean, I'm still going to win. I've, I'm confident I can win. I know if I bring my best package on the day, I can win. And then, obviously, providing that does happen, yeah. What what's the plans moving forward? We did it uh, well for first time ever. I'm going to have a off season coach, which is going to be Andy. Um, I just want some accountability in my off season. Even though I've done very well myself, I would say I've done it at eighty percent. So the results I got have been eighty percent off season. If I could do it a hundred. I could come back amazing next year. I mean, I could walk onto a pro stage at 115 kilo like field. Um, I want to do that. So I'm going to try to focus a lot more next year into bodybuilding and make it more of a full-time job. Um, and not so much as like a kind of part-time hobby. I want to more focus into it and see what I can get out of it. But we're very, we're going to see what happens this weekend. If a win and it's a good win, we may hop into a pro show begin the next year if I think it was a okay win I'm going to take a big off season and come back in later next year and just see where I stand 
I mean, obviously you want to see where you stand, but you don't want to go stand there and look like a little boy. You do want to obviously hold your own in some aspect. So that is the goal. But I mean, I still want to use a little bit of a rebound. So I will be using a good four or five months to try to put on a good bit of tissue while staying in very good shape. You're extremely confident with yourself for this weekend. And there's no surprise, really, because, you know, what you've been showing is it's, it's very, it's extremely impressive, you know. I've seen some pictures from from other guys. As you say, you know, they've been around the scene for a bit longer. They might have a more, you know, well-known base around them, you know, guys like Aaron Hudson and things like that. Um, but I do think your look is very different. It's very unique and very individual. And it's one of them physiques that is either going to be first by far, by a mile, or you know, they're going to go for the biggest guy. And, you know, I think, you know, how tall are you, Greg? Um, in between 5'8 and 5'9. Okay. Okay, so you're not a short guy. Um, no, I think Aaron's maybe about 6'1". Six, six, yeah, six Aaron's, uh, yeah, he's about 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah, yeah, same with Joe. I think he's about, he's 6'1". Yeah. Um, I mean, like, for the height I'm at, I'm still sitting at 110 kilos. That's still pretty big. A lot oh, yeah. of people tell me I'm bigger in person than I do looking photos. Like, um, a lot of people, they said to me and Andy stood next to each other on stage, like, they didn't realise I was, like, there. My pictures don't show a true look. So I'm kind of hoping it's going to be the same as we can. I hope, like, the new tissue and the new density and size I've added is going to really show on stage. Um, Andy said in derbies, like, you don't realise, like, how wide I am in person, which is going to be, hopefully, quite a good thing. So, like, my front is going with my vacuum is quite wide. For sure, especially standing next to uh, some guys in the lineup, you know your your structure and and you don't you don't really you're not missing any body parts to be fair. And there's a few guys that we've mentioned already that are you know less maybe their their waist not so small or they are missing a few body parts here and there. Um, yeah. So I, I think a lot of people are in for a big surprise this weekend for myself. Yeah, I mean, for me, last year was my first time doing bodybuilding, so I kind of just came out of nowhere and won the overall in my first show. I remember everybody saying to me after I won the Scottish PCA, that I was just, who the fuck was that? Like, I just, <laughs> I, I didn't actually post anything really much of prep. I think I posted twice about that prep, but, like, nobody really spoke about it. I just turned up on the day, and everyone was just like, he's, that's it, he's, he's won. Um, Andy actually called it the, the walk in the park. He just said, like, once you stood out on stage, it was just, I was it. So I just shocked quite a lot of people then. I think it's going to be, I wouldn't say it's the same this time. Like a lot of people know who I am. I think some of like the bigger names, like you're saying, Aaron Hussey, I don't think he knows or he's not paid much, much attention. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to pay much attention to people. I mean, like everybody keeps saying, there's, oh, what do you think of this guy? Or you worry about this? And it's like, I'll bring my best on the day. If they bring their best and they, and they beat me, that is just the way it goes. They, they were clear winners. But if I win, then I'm the clear winner. Like there's nothing you can do about it apart from bringing your best. And that's just the way it is. And if you get beat, you get beat. So with, with the show this weekend, I'm not 100%. Is it just the overall that's getting the pro card? Yeah. So yeah. there's the obviously the light heavies, the heavies, and the super heavies. Because last, last weekend, there were so many pro cards given out that I couldn't sort of keep up with. Oh, the women's? Yeah. There was four. But they've got all the different divisions. They've got the wellness, the bikini, the figure. Yeah. And there's bodybuilding, was it? Yeah, I think or so. athletic, I'm not 100%, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but I do know there was four given out, but it's the same kind of running setup as what we've got. So 
Um, I think even the bodybuildings, like the novice, the beginners, the, all that. Um, but then there's the men's open, which is my ones, but that's going to be like the four classes. And I think uh, if you win your class, then you'll go in the overall. Then who wins the overall gets the pro card. So it's, even if you win your class, it's like, shit, I've still got to do this. Yeah. I think, Joe, were we planning on getting it? We were going to stream it on the Facebook, weren't we? If possible, yeah. yeah I, think, I think that's for everyone that's listening, you can um, via, or oh, whose Facebook Facebook is? site, is it? It's one of the, I'm trying to work out, it's Pumped Media. Yeah, yeah Pumped Pump Media's Facebook group. If you, if you go onto his page, um, you can get the stream up on there. So I was definitely planning on getting it up because there's a lot. Obviously, throughout this year, no one's been able to compete. So it's it's almost like everyone's going to this one, basically, which obviously was disappointing that all the shows are cancelled, but it's almost made um, for this show to be even more impressive. So, Yeah. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be uh, a poor lineup and it'd be an easy win. It's literally not. I think everybody who's competing thought they're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go win this. So all the good guys have like went in and it's like, Christ, there's a lot of layups. Somebody told me there's about 20 in my class. Oh, wow. I think, I think everybody's wanting to go and take their hand at this. So it's it's not going to be an easy show in the slightest. I would say it's going to be one of the best British finals in many years. I think everyone, I know you, ha- you were training out of the shed that you called it, wasn't it? Yeah. I think, I think everyone that is really aspiring to get a pro card, probably found a way to get access to a gym. Oh, or at least quite a bit of equipment. Because I remember I, I've, I saw plenty of your stuff. You were still grinding away in what you had. Um, well, you, you've you only just been open this week of a new in Scotland. So yeah. you've had even less time. But it seems like it hasn't affected you at all. Um, were you just training on sort of minimal equipment during that time or...? I mean, you've probably seen it. The leg press was like a handmade thing from like 50 years ago. But I mean, it worked. It worked, man. You could feel it so well in your sweep. So it's like, I'm not going to complain there. Uh, I could squat really well in the Smith machine. The Smith machine was actually really smooth for how old it was. It hit my quads, hit my glutes very well. Can't complain again. There was a Cybex um, leg press machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've, got, you've got the same seated curl and extension, the version yeah. one Cybex, yeah? Yeah, so that again, great. I mean, the leg kit was great. I couldn't uh, fault the leg kit. I mean, I was just doing different variations on the Smith machine for like sumo squats for my adductors. Uh, we're doing white stance and leg press, close stance and leg press. We're doing vertical leg press on the Smith machine for a while. So many different variations I could have done because we still had plenty of weights to do stiff legs. Uh, we had like um, makeup uh, dumbbells we could have made up to like 120 kilos, could have done whatever you want. There was a cable machine, there was a chest press machine, there was a back machine, there was a lap pull-down machine, there was a calf machine. There, there's nothing more you can need. You can make up so much stuff. There was like um, an attachment on the Smith machine for like a seated row. It just sat on the ground, but I mean, there was all the, atta- the attachments. There was the close grips. And I actually got a, a gym pin made so we could stack more weights on the stuff. So again, wasn't really missing stuff. I had to get, I had to get really creative. Are you, are you back in a gym now? Yeah. What 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 gym is that? Is it? I just went to one of the pure gyms around here, um, just purely because it's got a really good hack squad. But I mean, there was no point. I just joined there after a week. But um, yeah, I'm wanting to use it a good bit for the offices. There's not actually many good gyms up here, 
Um, it's something we're sorely needing as a really good bodybuilding gym. How far are you away from Andy's? Because I've I've trained there and that was an old Glasgow. Uh, two hours. Right. Okay. Whereabouts? Yeah, like I said, if, if, if I could go there every day, I would, but it's not cost effective. Yeah. Whereabouts are you in Scotland, Greg? Aberdeen. Oh, okay. That's cool. Do you want to do you want to get in some questions? I know you've got meals to come, so we won't keep you for too long. No problem. Um, I've been impressed by your attention span so far, I'll be honest. <laughs> it's face plants, the bowl of food. Um, yeah, one of, the, uh, one of the questions was, uh, if you've got three places to visit um, on the list, which three spring to mind? Specifically, what kind of places do we mean? I presume like holiday, like holiday de- destinations, okay. gym destinations. Um, I presume they're in holiday, so... God, uh, I think Bora Bora's always been on the top of the bucket list, and I don't know why. I'd imagine it'd be quite boring as well. You'd just be lying on a beach for like two weeks, but just to say yeah. you've been there to see a very unique place. Um, for the Instagram pictures. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely Venice Beach. I'd want to go train at Gold's Gym, Venice Beach. And for some reason, I've always wanted to go to San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. In terms of, I know you, you, you alluded to it then, in terms of, Three gyms that you could train at. What 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 three would they be? Uh, past or present as well. Uh, do you know what? I'd like to just go down to uh, Aunt Bill's new gym. I mean, the kit in there just looks like second to none. Um, also, I wouldn't mind to go down to Muscle Works. Some of their kit is just so unique. Like when I've seen Luke train there, they've got something like that um, lion leg press. They've got the Dorian style pullover. They've got some amazing pieces of kit. Um, but I wouldn't mind going to all the Dubai gyms, all the oxygens and stuff like that. Just look insane. Cool. Jack? Well, go on. Did you have any other questions off your list? Oh, uh, yeah. One of them was, were you asking me, or were you asking me where I'd want to go? Yeah, carry on. Go on. Three um, gyms. Um, potentially Metroflex. Yeah. The original. Um, yeah. That would be quite cool. Uh, I think you'd have to say Gold's Venice, even though I think that's lost quite a bit of yeah. like maybe Gold's back in the day, like when you had Wheeler and Cormier all in there and stuff. Um, that's, what, that's what the barn was like, the shed. <laughs> all those good, yeah. Um, and then potentially go to Old Temple when Dorian's still t- stomping oh, around. Yeah. Very good show, That'd yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered about going to Doherty's gym in Australia. I think that looks like a oh, yeah. Yeah. environment. Cool. Going. No. Definitely. Um, where else for me? Yeah, you got to say Gold's right, ninety either in the nineties or seventies. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, probably. Uh, I'd like to. Well, it's it's not on my bucket list, but I'd like to to get a session in that King's gym just for the environment. Yeah. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One of the questions was, how do you know when to back off um, training, food, um, and potentially even drugs um, in a prep? Because um, I know that the individual who's asked this wants to remain anonymous, but um, he's been having some big issues. He's, he's very, very depleted. He's, he's not feeling great. Um, and he's just wondering whether, you know, when is the right time to, to back away? I think in drugs, it's going to be a term of how you feel. Everybody tolerates drugs different. I've never had that issue. Um, I take drugs quite well. Um, there's only a couple of drugs I really don't use just 
personally, they don't blend well with me. I don't feel great, so I know not to use them. But in terms of food, you would have to be extremely flat, like really, really worryingly flat to have to really push your food up for a while. But I mean, any good coach should be doing that. You shouldn't be running yourself that flat. You should be like really pushing hard and maybe having like a couple high days or at least one high day, depending on how you tolerate food to bring yourself back up and then going again. Um, training wise, if you're really struggling with your lifts and your lifts are really starting to like fail and your strength's going, then I would have like a deload week and then accommodate your food around that. Maybe possibly put your food up a little touch or maybe just kind of carry on as it is. I would just go by feel. Definitely. Joe, remember we are asking the person that said that he's intentionally asked for olive oil to suffer. <laughs> so might, might not be the best person to ask about that. So just The moral would just be suck it up and crack on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like the amount of hypos I've had doing cardio at night is ridiculous. <laughs> is that is that when you do your cardio then in the evening? Yeah, man. Uh, well, I'll give you like my routine. I get up at three a.m. to go do my stuff. Like I'll get up, I'll do my ball. Just now I do my posing rounds. I'll have my food and I'll go train. But I mean, like obviously before I was having to travel like an hour each way to go to that gym. So uh, I was leave. I was started heading away at like half four getting there for like half five, the training, I was coming back, coming to go work at like eight, uh, working all day, getting home, I've got obviously my kids, seeing my kids, um, putting them in the bed, seeing a little bit of my food, and then I would go do my cardio around about half six, and then I would just kind of have a last meal and head to bed. If you don't mind me asking, what do you do for work? I'm a nutritionist at a, like a health and wellness centre. Okay. So somewhat, somewhat in within the interests of like, bodybuilding as well well it's, it's more it's yeah. more a general population of course is it yeah i mean um it's just opened up so i've recently just started there. i used to work in oil and gas before i used to work for petrofac oil company um but obviously it wasn't for me i wanted to be more involved in this kind of side of things so um i got i got contacted by the owner of this uh, new center um through he knew his best friend knew me so he just says this guy would be great to go and work for you so We've uh, designed like a whole branded uh, cafe menu. It's like all broken down mac into the macros, the calories. So there's also like a prep menu so people can order it, come pick it up. Uh, we've also got all like a prep menu, meals inside the cafe and a lot of different other stuff. Um, so we, we designed all that. And then we also run like uh, nutrition and training plans throughout the cave. Anybody wants that, I'll do them. Awesome. Is that, that's cool. That's, that's pretty unique as well. Yeah, how, when did that start then? Uh, well, the owner was trying to, he's been doing it for like a year, so it was pretty much due to open when uh, COVID hit. It was like the week the COVID hit were due to open, so we had to wait five months and we just managed to do like uh, the prep menu side of things. The prep menu was like a massive hit, um, so we incorporated all that into the, the cafe menu in like a really fancy, well-presented fashion with a couple other meals we're only doing the cafe, like we'll do like a really good um, burger and stuff like that. It's all like healthy. Um so, and that was great for you off prepping. Oh, mate, it's, it, you know, it's, it's fucked up. Like, there must be about 30 meals. I've not tried one. <laughs> <laughs> they've just got, they've got no olive oil left in stock, though. Oh, well, that's the thing. If I ever like run out of food, I'm just like, oh, can you give me some chicken? Like, go and go make some chicken or give me some like bean, like bean sprouts or anything like that. There's always a bug yeah. that's lying around. That's cool, man. That's uh, that's quite a unique um, 
thing to be a part of as well. You know, I've not heard yeah. that from anyone. You know, that seems like a cool startup. So, you know, yeah, um, it's like a whole center. So there's also like a studio. It's very unique. It's got astroturf like around the studio and like uh, graphics on the wall. There's also clinic upstairs like for the like various different types of massages, sports physiotherapy, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a very cool place. It's cool. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Jack? No, I I sent them all um all the Instagram followers to your page, but was that was that the three questions you had? Those are the three main ones. The rest were pretty naff to be fair. We've covered yeah. a lot of them throughout the podcast. Um, I know we sort of touched on it, but I'll. Wow, what is the ultimate goal within the sport? Where do you see yourself in sort of the next five years? Obviously, I want to be a pro. Um, with that, I would just like to go compete at one of the pro shows and try and work my way up to like the the standard of a good show. And um, I think like the top shows like Osby or Arnold's or Tampa's. Um, obviously, the end goal is if you could ever make it to the the O, you'd want to make it to Miss Olympia and just say you've done that. But I mean, I would like to place in the top five, really, uh, like a, a a pro show. If I could do better than that, then even better. I still yeah, think yeah, my, yeah. my physique and my frame has got a lot to say for itself. I think I've still got a lot of growing to do. I've got a lot of uh, filling to go. So I think uh, right now the possibilities are a bit endless and I would like to see my potential in the next like three to five years and really see what I can do. Awesome. Well, if you, if, you, if you put on 10 to 12 pounds in a couple of months off season that you have potentially last year, I think... If you took a full 100% off-season off this, yeah, you, you've got potential to throw another 10, 15 pound on. Mm. And that that on your sort of frame is pretty dangerous because obviously at the moment there's a big push for more of the slimmer waist kind of look. Um, and obviously you still have that. So I think that, that'll put you up on placings for sure. So, um, yeah. and, and who knows that? they might even take that into consideration over the weekend that that is what that is the sort of look that they want in the IFBB so that definitely plays in your favour I think so yeah that's kind of what I'm really hoping for that's kind of what a lot of people have said to me is like my, my aesthetics are very high compared to a lot of people so um, I'm kind of hoping that's a, a good point over everyone else awesome man um yeah. Just some closing thoughts. We ask every guest who comes on um, if you can have a three-course meal, a death row meal, a starter main dessert, what are we going for and why? So what's your post-show binge going to be? Well, do you know what? Like, obviously, I've had so much food this week. Um, food's not like what would normally people would be like, oh, God, I can't wait for a burger and this and that. Like, I think last time I was like that, even though I was still on quite a bit of food, I was really wanting to finish and go some food in this. Like, this time, my pure focus is the show just stand like getting to do my thing like today I just finished off my posing routine um which I really like I'm just can't wait to present that and make it a bit unique I just can't wait to see how well I do um so that's my main focus now but I mean me and my wife are going to London after uh, the show so we're spending a couple of days there so there's a couple of places we're going we've got a couple of tables but we're going to like a burger place a pizza joint and there's a lot of like uh cake shops and what really visit so I've got a major sweet tooth. I can just eat cakes all day. So um, we're definitely visiting a few of those places, definitely. But um, 
starter main dessert. I'm I'm a burger guy. I'm massive, dirty, as big as tall burgers. You can make it with like everything on it. Uh, so that'd definitely be my main. Um, and just any form of cake for dessert. I love uh, red velvet cake. Um, for starter, that's a tough one. Andy went very traditional Scottish. He went for for some coloured skink. So. Just trying to think. No, no chance. Not. Oh, I can I can do constant stinks. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. You could you could have those mini slider burgers. Loads yeah. to choose from. Burgers again? Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I think yeah, just like a like a really nice chicken option for the, the starter would be good, like spicy wings or something like that. I really enjoy right. wings. So something as simple as that. But yeah, definitely. As big a burger as I could possibly give me for my main would be good and as dirty as possible. You'll have plenty of those in London to choose from, so. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely, mate. There's plenty of places we've picked out. <laughs> Again, Greg, um, thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure well, to have you on, me. Um, especially so close to the show. Um, post-show, we'll get you on maybe a few few weeks after the show, if you're down for that. Maybe get definitely. you and Andy on together. and uh, 100%. As, the, uh, as, the, as the winner. Yes. The winning interview. Definitely. Um, get you both on um, discuss what's next and a review and a recap of what happened over the weekend um, that would be absolutely awesome if we could make that happen definitely um, thanks for coming on again Jack as well filling in for Jermaine as he's slacking no behind no problem uh, yeah best of luck on the weekend Greg thanks bud cheers appreciate it take care man that was awesome Thank guys thanks for listening again to the Office Script podcast we'll be back in the next one please give it a like and give it a rating, share it to your friends. We appreciate the support. Take care.